Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good evening, I'm Chua Tian Tian with your Market View now. The US stock market is set to open later tonight after Independence Day holiday, and we're expecting yet more data coming up from the US, including factory orders data today, the final SP Global US Services Purchasing Managers Index. This information, they all built on the personal consumption figures out last week to paint a clearer picture of how the economy reacted to the interest rate hikes. And to help us better make sense of all of those numbers and the implications, we have with us Dr. Tsai Da Lu, Visiting Senior Fellow at the Department of Strategy and Policy at the NUS Business School. Hi, Dr. Tsai. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for joining us all the way from Chicago, I understand. Yes. In fact, and we do want to find out a little bit more because the U.S. stock market set to open later tonight. We're seeing a slew of economic data, factory orders, PMI indicators to be out this week. What are your expectations? Right. So um, I, I would like to see how the how these late uh, changes in interest would affect the factory orders and this purchasing uh, index. So mm-hmm. I will be paying attention to factory orders, especially in capital goods and equipment. And the reason is that this purchase is a, a good approximation for business investment plans. So what I had in mind is whether these new orders in capital goods have been quite solid in the U.S. for the past month and whether this had uh, changed the direction or the trend in the purchase of these goods with the recent hike interest rate. So I would be paying attention to capital goods, equipment and durable goods. Mm, but at the moment, what are your expectations, Dr. Tsai? To what extent do you think interest rate hikes, they have worked? So far, what we see is that it has not changed that much. Mm. Uh, but um, but I wouldn't be too surprised that with a hike of uh, 75 basis point would have uh, would have uh, uh, some changes in the trend because in particular, the U.S., the intention is that they would like to cool down the economy slightly as an attempt to fight inflation. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, some uh, slight change in, in those orders. Mm, and let's talk a little bit more about employment, the tight labor market, which is driving up, of course, wages. Some analysts we spoke to in the show earlier last week, they were saying that employment remains rather buoyant in the U.S. Do you agree with that? And to what extent will the tight employment market slow down amid those interest rate hikes this week? Right. So all recent uh, labor market data suggests that Indeed, the market, uh, the labor market remains very tight in the U.S. Uh, as you know, I'm currently in Chicago, and as a personal mm. editor, every restaurant I visited is understaffed, and it seems like it is consistent with the macro data that we have. Mm. Just to give some perspective, the current unemployment rate is about 3.6 or 3.5%, and currently, for every unemployed person, there will be two jobs available right now. Mm. So there will be two openings available. During the Great Recession of 2008 or the beginning of the current pandemic, for every uh, unemployed person, there will be five to six, sorry, for every job opening, there will be five to six uh, unemployed workers. So those numbers are very, very different now. So for if somebody wants to take a job, uh, you can start next day. So. Indeed, even with the recent change in interest rate, the job mm. market remains very hard, very tight, and it doesn't seem to have slowed down. Mm. And analysts, they are expecting 250,000 jobs created when the non-farm payroll data comes in later this week. What are your expectations, though? I think this is in line with the opening that we observe in mm. the U.S. 
people are, are traveling more, people are expecting to visit their relatives and so on. So not the, so the labor market right now is, is very hard and there's a lack of, there are a lot of openings, there's lack of workers. And it also had to do with um, what, what, what we saw during the pandemic is that labor force participation had dropped quite significantly. So labor force participation need to pick up and, and need, need to fill these vacancies that we observe. So those numbers are very, uh, quite reasonable within um, our expectations. Mm. And looking at all of those data, right, we have the factory orders, we have the non-farm payroll. How will these pieces of information influence how the Fed moves in a July meeting? Is a rate of 3.5% or 4% sufficient to quell inflation in your opinion? Um, so this is a quite a tricky um, point because the, mm. the Federal Reserve System is quite unique. It's unique in the sense that it has been given a dual mandate, and mm. that is the, the pursuing of maximum employment and at the same time price stability. So currently, uh, uh, all things considered, for this inflationary process to start, if we want to cool down the economy, a lot of economists argue that it would probably need to cool down the aggregate demand quite aggressively, and that would mm. require that we that would probably have a, a severe effect in the labor market too. So with the tight labor market that we see today. Day, it would probably need it would probably give some extra room for the Fed to enact further aggressive tightening mm. and whether this would be sufficient or not to contain inflation it will really depend on how these actions by the Fed can anchor the expectation of the market accordingly and it will really depend on how credible and how the Fed is able to communicate to the market its commitment in fighting inflation. So here, expectation and credibility are quite crucial. Mm. Now, given at least if we're looking at 3.5%, 4%, how likely is a recession next year? Is a soft landing achievable at all? So the general consensus among economists is, is that it is quite possible. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that we talk about the differences between Europe and the U.S. Mm. a couple of weeks ago. So in the U.S., the inflation is external and supply-driven. And in the U- sorry, in Europe, that's the case. And in the mm. U.S., it's domestic and it's quite likely that it's demand-driven. Mm-hmm. So even Chairman uh, Jay Powell said in his last meeting that to contain inflation, the process, I'm going to quote, is, 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 is likely and high likely to involve some pain. So it, it's going to be an expensive uh, process that has severe effect uh, in the economy, but a soft landing in this context would require that we're able to bring back inflation to 2%, 3% without hurting quite severely the labor market and causing a severe deterioration of household finances. So, so far, we don't see a deterioration of household finances yet mm. that can lead to a cascade of corporate and household default and loans. So it is quite possible. It is mm. feasible, but we will need to observe uh, these months to come and see how what extra economic shock we can experience and so on. But it is quite likely and it's, it's, it's possible. Mm. You know, if you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Dr. Tsai Tao Lu, Visiting Senior Fellow at the Department of Strategy and Policy at the NUS Business School. Now, Dr. Tsai, looking at the U.S. market, what are some sectors that will continue to see longer growth? What are some opportunities in the U.S. market right now? So, this is quite interesting.
interesting because recently the labor the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics just mm. published a projection for employment and output for the next 10 years. So five out of the 20 industry projected to grow the fastest for the next 10 years are in healthcare and social mm. assistance. Mm-hmm. So that's the fastest growing industry in the economy. So this has a lot to do with the increased demand for caring for the aging baby boom population mm. and the long ex- life expectancies that we see so for, for, I would suspect that sector would be quite important sector for the next 10 years. Mm. And Dr. Tsai, one very quick question also. In terms of asset-wise, where should investors be looking at in US as well? Should they be going to bonds, equities, some are saying growth stocks or alternatives? The, the interesting thing with the recent change in interest is that um, the bond market now suddenly become more attractive. Mm. My view is that we should always diversify and we should always stay informed and act on it when everybody is in panic mode. So here, I think that if we're patient enough and then we have longer investment horizon in mind, the severe contraction in the stock market that we see today are mm. actually golden opportunity to pick up these cheaper assets. So what we know as empirical regularity is that the stock market tends to be more volatile than the real economy. So mm. often movement in the stock market are caused by sentiments rather than fundamentals. So this kind of contraction that we see in the stock market, probably we should observe them and see when we can pick up the cheaper assets when when we can. Mm. And Dr. Tsai, one very last question before we go. What are some of those caveats or what should investors be cautious of when buying the dip right now? My final advice would be is that the, the stock market is facing a higher underlying volatility. Mm. But often these short-term fluctuations are not very meaningful if we look at this investment with a longer horizon. Mm. So it would be a bumpy ride. But remember that to invest uh, is a long-term uh, endeavor. So sometimes it can serve as a distraction in the, in the short run, but we need to have long run in mind. So it's going to be a bumpy ride, but I think um, mm. still the stock market is, is, a better, is a better way to preserve the value of our cash. Mm. instead of just uh, holding in cash. Mm. So a bumpy ride indeed, but hold in there for the long term. Thank you very much, Dr. Tsai. That was Dr. Tsai Dalu, Visiting Senior Fellow at the Department of Strategy and Policy at the NUS Business School. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.